Hours later, his internal clock woke him. He left his room and walked up toward Prince's Street. He passed the majestic Balmoral Hotel that anchored the city center. He ordered a light meal and had tap water to drink, ignoring the large selection of stouts offered on the board over the bar. As he ate, he spent some time gazing at a street performer, juggling butcher knives atop a unicycle, while regaling the crowd with funny stories, delivered with an embellished Scottish brogue. Then there was the fellow outfitted as the Invisible Man, taking pictures with passers-by for two pounds each. After his meal, he walked toward Edinburgh Castle. He could see it in the distance as he ambled along. It was big, imposing, and had never once been taken by force, only stealth. He climbed to the top of the castle, peering over the gloom of the Scottish capital. He ran his hand along cannon that would never fire another shot. He turned to his left and took in the full breadth of the sea that had made Edinburgh such an important port centuries ago, as vessels came and went, disgorging freight and picking up fresh cargo. He stretched tight limbs, felt a creak, and then a pop in his left shoulder. Forty. Tomorrow. But first, he had to make it to tomorrow. He checked his watch. Three hours to go. He left the castle and headed down a side street. He waited out a sudden chilly rain shower under a cafe awning and drank a cup of coffee. Later, he passed a sign for the ghost tour of underground Edinburgh, adults only, and only conducted after full darkness had set in. It was almost time. Roby had memorized every step, every turn, every move he would have to make. To live. As he did every time, he had to hope it would be enough. Will Roby did not want to die in Edinburgh. A bit later, he passed a man who nodded at him. It was just a slight dip of the head, nothing more. Then the man was gone and Roby turned down the doorway the man had vacated. He shut and locked it behind him and moved forward, quickening his pace. His shoes were rubber-soled. They made no sound on the stone floor. Six hundred feet in, he saw the door on the right side. He took it. An old monk's cloak was hung on a peg. He donned it and put the hood up. There were other things there for him, all necessary. Gloves night vision goggles, a recorder, a Glock pistol with suppressor can attached, and a knife. He waited, checking his watch every five minutes. His watch was synced to the very second with someone else's. He opened another door and passed through it. He moved downward, reached a grate in the floor, lifted it, and skittered down a set of iron handrails set into the stone. He hit the floor silently, moved left, counted off his paces. Above him was Edinburgh, at least the new part. He was an underground Edinburgh now, home to several ghost and walking tours. There were the vaults under South Bridge, and parts of old Edinburgh such as Mary King's Close, among others. He glided down the dark brick and stone passages his powered goggles letting him see everything in crisp definition. Electric lamps on the walls were set at fairly regular intervals. 
but it was still very dark down here. He could almost hear the voices of the dead around him. It was part of local lore that when the plague came in the 1600s, it struck impoverished areas of the city, such as Mary King's Close, especially hard. And in response, the city walled up folks here forever to prevent the spread of the disease. Roby didn't know if that was true or not, but it wouldn't surprise him if it were. That's what civilization sometimes did to threats, real or perceived. They walled them off, us against them, survival of the fittest. You die, so I can live. He checked his watch. Ten minutes to go. He moved slower, adjusting his pace so he would arrive seconds before he was supposed to, just in case. He heard them before he saw them. There were five, not counting the guns.